Hey, what is up? Welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brian Lofermento, and you are in for a real treat today. I'm in for a real treat today as well. This is a guest that I've been so excited to chat with. His name is James Hodge. He is doing some really cool work in the world, and we're going to dive into that and the way that his work inspires. Actually, I don't even know which way to say it. Either his energy inspires his work and he's doing really good stuff, or his work inspires his energy energy. We're going to figure it out. But James is leading some really cool projects, helping businesses take off in the world. So I know for so many of you listeners, that is a hot topic that you're interested in. James is the CEO and founder of a company called Stratus Forge, which they have a really unique approach to building a brand and building websites and showing up in the world that we're going to dive into today. In that role, James leads a team of passionate individuals that want to make things that inspire and create an impact. They have the honor of working with amazing people and businesses to turn their websites on the digital frontier into an asset. This is so much of what caught my eye about James's work and I knew I had to have him here on the show by delivering value that's important to their business. There's so much more I could say about James, but you know what? At this point in time, I'm so excited to dive into my interview with James Hodge. James, you heard your introduction officially. Welcome to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. Thank you so much for having me today. Really appreciate the intro. That was very nice of you. Heck yeah. Honestly, there's so much that I'm so excited to dive into with you here today. But first things first, as is customary, fill in the gaps from your bio. Obviously, you are an awesome entrepreneur doing really cool work, but fill in the gaps on a personal level. Who is James Hodge? Um, so... <laughs> Um, I'm the founder of Stratus Forge and we're a business that helps um, entrepreneurs and business owners um, help uh, establish their um, their presence online by helping them turn their website into an asset that helps bring them more customers and turn those customers into um, repeat customers as well. Um, I kind of got started um, doing this back in high school, back when Amazon was becoming a huge thing and everyone was um, starting to purchase from them and it was becoming more of a household name. And I remember, um, I'm building my first website for my mom who was wanting to start selling some jewelry and some arts and crafts online. And I was really, um, excited to get this new website launched, um, on the new interweb and this new opportunity that was available. Um, I really loved working on the computer and starting to design things. Um, but I remember when we finally got that website launched um, through GoDaddy that um, we never made a sale. And for a long time, that really didn't bug me um, until later on. I was like, I started realizing that more and more businesses were starting to actually find a way to make money online. Um, I still really enjoyed the process of building websites. And so I continued to kind of do that on the side. Um, but it, was, it wasn't until about three years ago that I was finally given the opportunity to help a friend out to establish their first e-commerce business. Um, and I really got to see <clears throat> what it was behind the window that made a website tick um, and the different elements that were required to help it be successful that I realized that um, that I really could turn this into a business that could actually help people and not just make a pretty website. Yeah, I love that overview. And you already touched on so many topics that we're definitely going to dive deep into here today. But the first is you're already distinguishing the difference or making the difference between a website 
and a business. You said for your mom's, I love that story, James. It sounds like when we were kids, we were both doing the same things, just toying around on computers. And you realize just getting a website up doesn't actually do anything. And it's it's one of the things that caught my eye about your work, first and foremost, was right on your website, which we're gonna talk about towards the end of today's episode, but it's stratusforge.tech. Everyone should check it out. It's very different. You're gonna see how James does business. There's a clear overview of the process, how to get engaged with him. But the thing that I wanna bring up at this point is it's right there at the top of your website. Own a brand, not just another business. What does that mean to you? What is the difference between a brand and a business? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the biggest thing to me is, is that brands are a, a business that's recognizable, that builds trust with their audience quicker, whereas a business is another um basically a name on in the yellow books right so when you look up i need a plumber um a business is going to show up in a list of different businesses that could potentially um vie for that work right uh, they're gonna have to give out a bid they're going to have to compete with their competition to get that work a brand is going to be a business that's already established themselves and when someone says i need a plumber they're going to remember that plumbing van that drove by. They're gonna remember that billboard. They're gonna remember that Facebook ad because that brand has established themselves in the minds of the people before the people even need their service. And so when they're like, oh, my sink is leaking, they're gonna say, oh, I need to talk to Harry's Plumbing because I've seen them all over the place. Yeah, so bridge that gap for us, James, because I know a lot of listeners, remember, we're talking to so many entrepreneurs, a lot of beginner entrepreneurs, ones who are dreaming of hitting that elusive 10K a month mark is a milestone for so many listeners of this show. And they're thinking, James, how am I going to be a successful business? How am I going to build a brand when I don't necessarily have a big customer base just yet? What are those actual elements that we can control as business owners? Obviously, so much that we can't control our customers, the reviews that we get, although we can control that to a degree. What are the things that we can control when it comes to building a brand? Um, I think the easiest step is to establish a website that's going to give you a good um, first impression with a customer. Um, statistics and studies are showing that 48% of people are determining um, the credibility of a business through their website now. Um, and I imagine that number is only going to grow as time goes on. And so if people come to your website now more and more as your business guard, as uh, the determining fact of whether or not they'll do business with you or your competition, I think that's a great first sp um, spot to start, especially if that's something that you haven't developed. Um, if it's something that you haven't built or something that has just been on the sideline for a long time, if you jump in there, um, that's probably going to be the, the easiest and um, the most effective thing to improve to start seeing results. Yeah, which leads us right into, it's a big line of questioning that I've got for you today, James, but what the heck do we put on our website? There's so many websites that I see that are terrible, that don't represent the business, that you could tell it's just a canned Wix template or Squarespace template, and it doesn't say anything different than any other, let's roll with your example, plumbing company, for example. What mm. should be the elements on our website that actually start answering the questions that our clients have and position us to actually make money? Because as you said in your intro, that's a key part of why we even have a, a website in the first place. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, oh man, <laughs> there's so much stuff to go into there. Um, what we kind of noticed that there was, um, as we've worked with more and more clients, we've noted that there's 
five different elements um, that are really important to get a website thriving are principles. But as far as like actually on the website that the customer is going to see, um, what we've noticed is, is that um, you want a strong call to action. A lot of businesses, well, actually 70% of websites out there don't have a strong call to action. So that's the easiest thing that you can improve on your website is making sure that you have a button up in the top right of your website um, and then one right in the center of your landing page and then sparsing it throughout the rest of your website. Um, and you want the call to action to be exactly the same unless there's a different type of action. If you um, change the wording for that call to action, um, and I guess I should explain what a call to action is. A call to action is basically um, the action that you want someone to take on your website. Um, and so like for our plumbing example, our call to action might be, we want people to book an appointment with us. And so we wanna have a button across that website that says book an appointment, but we want it to stay the same. We don't want it to say like book an appointment and then um, let's book a time or um, have a service tech come out or things like that, because that's gonna confuse the person that comes to your website because they might think like, well, is it this button that I'm supposed to push or is it this button that I'm supposed to push first or is this for a different type of client? Um, and then they will end up not taking action because of that. So making sure that your call to actions are clear um, and if you do have a secondary call to action, make it clear on who it's for and why they should push that button. Yeah, I love that. Strong call to action. James, I'm going to tease this out of you because you mentioned the five principles that you guys have. This is something I'm not familiar with in your work. I'd love for you to go a little bit deeper into that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so kind of the five principles are um, <clears throat> things that we've noticed for websites that have started showing growth over time and then versus the websites that we've worked on that didn't show. So we kind of sat down and we started saying, okay, what about these different websites are actually causing these websites to grow um, steadily and um, somewhat predictably? And what we notice is, is that they weren't just putting their um, website in what I like to call the sock drawer. Um, so what a lot of people do, what I did with that first example um, of my mom's crafts website is I built the website and then I put it in the drawer proverbi proverbially. Basically, we didn't do anything with it after we made it. Um, and it's just like just like putting a business card in a sock drawer. If you, if you bought a thousand business cards and then you put them in your sock drawer, um, they wouldn't do anything for you. They're, they, they've become useless. However, if you are using those business cards to get in front of other people to um, help bring in more work, right? If you went and handed out a thousand of those business cards, you're very likely to at least get one person that wants to work with you, right? Um, and so with a website, it's kind of the same thing. So what we started looking at is what we noticed is, is that um, um, websites that succeeded, um, they had a plan in place on how they were going to grow their business. Um, they had the technology to help drive that plan to make sure that they were being efficient, um, saving them time and money. We noticed that they had consistent content. So they were writing blog posts, they were doing social media. Um, they also had um, intentional design behind their website. So their website, um, as I mentioned before, had clear call to actions. Um, they were painting a picture for their customers on what their service would provide for their customer's life. Um, and then they also had developed different ways of driving traffic to their website. So that way they at least had a chance to convert those clients or that, that traffic into clients. 
Yeah, I love that overview, James. And it doesn't surprise me that you guys have taken the time to sit down and really examine all the different, I love your client roster because it's such a diverse client roster, totally different businesses, totally different industries. And it's cool to see the, the patterns that you guys have identified and analyzed inside of all of those. The first one in particular caught my mind for two reasons. One is that one of my words for 2023 is intention. And I know for so many of my listeners, they're listening to this and hearing you say, well, yeah, step one is to have a plan. And that's where so many are falling off the, the mm. wagon. So of course they don't have numbers two through five. Talk to us about what a plan for growth could look like. What are some plans that you've seen? Like, are we talking a 80 page business plan? Are we talking about on the back of a napkin, just saying, hey, here's how we're going to grow and when we're going to grow. What's your perspective on a successful plan that sets you up for growth? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, there's so many different ways that you can develop a plan for your business and it can kind of make you feel like you're little lost. And I know running from running my own business, having a plan for your business on how it grows is really important. But as far as like a, with a website, it actually can be fairly simple. Um, what we personally do is we um, focus on specifically developing out um, keyword research. And so we try and figure out, try and understand their market and what their customers are searching for. Um, this informs us on a lot of different things for the website before we even start building it out. Like what are the customers relating to? What are the problems that they're facing? Um, and that can help determine like what actual pages we'll build out on those websites. Um, and then once we do that, then we start determining, okay, what kind of coloring are we going to choose for this company? What What's the logo going to be? Um, how is this company going to communicate with their customer? And once we figure that out, that actually helps us a lot faster with developing out the design and then the implementation. And then of course the, um, the constant improvement that we want to make on that website as time goes on. Yeah, and on that note, I'm gonna call something out for listeners because I always think as a show host, it's important for me to call out the little nuggets of brilliance that may have gone unnoticed. And all of you listeners right there, look at how James answered that question. It's my favorite way to do business in the world. It's my favorite type of entrepreneurs that when I asked him, his default answer is to go back to considering your customers. Go back to asking yourself, well, if I wanna plan to grow my business, Let's first examine my customers. And James, I love seeing that that's your first step when it comes to that website design. Let's talk about one of my favorite headlines on your website is minimal traffic with no conversions makes a website feel pointless, which alludes to the sock drawer analogy that you dropped on us. And you write, own a converting asset, not just pretty HTML. So for so many entrepreneurs out there, they probably do feel like their website is just a brochure. It's something that sits there, it gathers dust, people may or may not look at it, and it certainly doesn't convert. Talk to us about some of those aspects of conversion. You talked about the call to action, which I love that. On your own website, it's very clear. Step one, let's chat. Here's a link to the discovery call. What are some other elements of conversions that you can think about, particularly for newer entrepreneurs? Hmm. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a few different elements that you can implement into your website to help with your conversion. Um, one, like we mentioned before, is a call to action. The next was going to be your copy. Um, what we've noticed is, is that a lot of time what we think we want to say to our customers isn't what they want necessarily want to hear. Um, and so with our clients, what we sit down with them and we say, okay, you've had 
you know, some of them have had 10 years, five years, 20 years, or even just one year inside of their industry. And we try and get them to start thinking about what, what do their customers pains? Like, what are the things that they're consistently running into? Uh, going to the, the plumber example, if we're sitting down with a plumber and they're wanting to um, figure out what their cu customer's pains are is, well, most likely it's going to be a leak, right? That's going to be the most common um, problem. And, you, and we try and sit down with our customers and have them come up with several different problems. But let's just say that the primary problem we find is going to be, you know, a leak. So we might sit down and you want to try and figure out a way to um, communicate with that pain in a way that the customer is going to understand and not necessarily in the jargon of your industry. Um, a really good example actually is our own communication um, with our own customer base. And so we're actually starting to move away from the word branding because we found out that our customer base doesn't resonate with that so much um, because it's a word inside of our industry that a lot of people don't understand per se. Um, as you mentioned, we deal with a wide variety of business owners and generally more of the tech savvy business owners know what a brand is and how that impacts them. Um, but communicating with their pain the pain is, is that a lot of business owners want their website when they build a website to generate the money. And so they want it to be an asset to their business and not a drain. And so we realized that targeting that pain um, is far more important than simply using how we want to explain ourselves to them. And so that's a really important way to um, help your website become, um, um, help you convert more clients over. The second one is I'd recommend... Um, trying to start building up an email list um, for your business. And this is really helpful, especially for like service-based um, businesses um, and more so than they might think because you might want to be able to, uh, a good example actually is like um, we've worked with a chimney sweep before and so they're very seasonal. Um, and so once they develop up a um, an email list, right, a lot of those contacts, they're not going to talk to until it comes time to um, to have their chimney swept. and so helping them to have that email list that becomes valuable for them to be able to reach out to them when it's time for that ser um, for that service to happen yeah i love that advice there and it's also actionable for everybody when it comes to your existing website even those are simple tweaks that you brought up that can start making websites more effective one tweak that may not be so simple that i've been excited to talk to you about here today is design and you've already mentioned it a few times in the things that we've already talked about but design is such a tricky topic for so many entrepreneurs because let's face it james not all of us are as creative and aesthetically in tune as you and your team are you guys are incredibly talented at what you do it's evident on your very own website which i like because for a lot of us entrepreneurs i always like the phrase that the cobbler's kid has no shoes and it's true for so many of us but not for you your website is awesome to see it's awesome in its flow it's awesome as a prospective customer to see your flow but let's talk about design how do we balance design with convertibility with having a website that just gets the job done because this is something that holds so many people back when it comes to developing launching tweaking their own website mm. yeah i think that's a great question. I don't think I've ever had to explain, like, how do you actually apply good design to your website? Um, <laughs> I think the best thing to do is to draw it out on paper first. So what we often do is first we establish our guidelines, right? What colors are we working with? What logo 
we have the logo design done. So we know kind of what that's going to look like. Um, we know what copy is going to go on the website. Once you kind of have that all done, we don't go to the computer and start building it out because we found that we end up wasting a lot of time to build out that website. What we'll actually do is we'll grab a piece of paper and we'll start drawing out the different elements that we'll want. We're like, okay, we want a button here. We want this text to go here. We want, um, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we had some sort of animation here that, um, that helped pull people further down the page. And so what we're doing is we're trying to scope things out on piece and pa uh, a piece of paper, because if you try and jump straight into the editor, um, you kind of get lost in the menus and trying to figure out and the code and figuring out where everything is going to go and how it's going to look. And you might end up not having a, a vision of where you want to be at the end of that building process. Um, and so we actually then take that piece of paper and go into Figma and we'll fully um, design out the website. And Figma is kind of like um, Adobe Illustrator um, where you can design out all the graphics and everything. And then once we have a very solid plan on where to go, then we jump into the code and the builders to make out that website. And so I guess my strongest suggestion is kind of pick out one to three colors for your website, a primary, a secondary, and a third, and then use, and then your, and then pick out your fonts and then kind of design it out at least on piece of, on a piece of paper before you jump into a builder. If you're starting with like square or Wix or something like that. Yeah, I love that advice and it makes me very happy to hear that you also start on paper because the equivalent in the world of writing, for example, when I was sitting down to write my book is that if you stare at a blank document, you're right, you're just paralyzed with possibilities. You're paralyzed mm -hmm. with not knowing where it is that you're going. So I always tell people who are interested in writing a book, it starts out with a lot of post-it notes and it sounds to me like that's exactly how your websites start out on a piece of paper, just start sketching. So I love that advice. I've got to ask you, this James because your client roster definitely intrigues me I love not only the businesses that you work with but I love that you apply this to your personal life with what you do with your wife when it comes to what you guys are doing in the world of dogs and tell us a little bit about that actually before I dive into my next question yeah absolutely so that's actually somewhat how I jumped into the entrepreneurial world was through my wife so she already was working with dogs and, and training puppies um, when I met her and she was managing a business that did that for the time at the time. And I also was working for her father-in-law um, when we first met up. And so um, watching her father run a business and watching her manage a business, I was like, if they can do it, I can do it. Um, and so eventually it, it, um, once we were married, we decided to go ahead and buy that dog business. And so together we went ahead and built that business up and it kind of got into a nice little comfortable spot, but I still had that passion of building websites and working with other people's businesses. And when I got that opportunity to help someone start their e-commerce business, um, I was really excited to be able to work from home, building websites, and then also be able to continue to help my wife with her dog um, training business. So it was definitely something that, um, yeah, it's been a huge blessing for us. Yeah, I love that insight. And obviously, I love all forms of entrepreneurship. So the fact that you guys get to team up and do that together and also move the needle forward from a business perspective and also make a positive impact in the world for dogs, for dog owners, for the world at large. I love that sort of impact. And I know it drives so much of what you do, but it does lead mm -hmm. perfectly into my next question, which is about exactly that. So, so many different industries from dog training to e-commerce, you mentioned for some 
some reason, I'm just like you, James. I always use random examples. Today we're talking about plumbers. What are the differences and similarities that you see for websites across all these different industries, business models, types? I'm curious about your perspectives on that. That's that's a really good question. Um, yeah, with e-commerce websites, we've noticed that it's definitely more about the product um, and trying to explain the positives of the product. Whereas with the service, you tend to paint more of a picture. Now with products, you can kind of move towards painting the picture um, for customers and what that's going to look like with um, like if you're selling a few products or one product, like um, I started a woodworking business. Um, it was a very uh, like a short um, splurge and I ended up having to put that on the side. But what I did with that one is I painted a very um, clear picture of what it would look like on your table um, to have a charcuterie board. And so it was very much like story driven um, through pictures and through text. Whereas like some of the bigger e-commerce websites, you have so many products and so many things going on and so many moving parts um, that it's a lot to manage and trying to just sell um, a story becomes a lot harder because a story takes time and takes effort to, to kind of build out. And so with those, it's more about creating functionality and making it easy for the customer to find what they're wanting to find. And so you kind of become more of like a catalog, um, although branding is still just as important with coloring and text. So a lot of elements in the websites that we've built are similar. It's just very, very small and minute details that are different, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's actually that many differences because still with this e-commerce store, you're still going to be looking at a strong call to action to buy. Same with the service. You want to get them to schedule a call. Yeah, a lot of it's very different. It's just a lot of the stuff in the background that I've noticed that is different, like how, how you run the website, what kind of different um, applications you need to help keep data organized and things like that. Um, and yeah, that's mostly the But our process from start to finish like how we approach design and then implementation is very similar. Yeah, I love that. And it's actually something that I've found in all of the years. So I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years now, worked with literally thousands of entrepreneurs. And you're right, I found that there are some patterns that are just universal, that I've identified it. And my podcast listeners have heard me beat this drum so many times. There are six things that every single business must have. It doesn't matter what type of business they are, it's the same six things. So it's, it's fascinating for me to hear those parallels across different disciplines as well like in this case, website design. James, one area that we haven't dove into, and we're already almost half an hour into this interview, and I'm sure we could both geek out about tech, about websites, about business, about marketing all day long, but it's also fun for me to talk entrepreneur to entrepreneur. And I know that one of your superpowers is bringing teams together. And you share a belief with me that things are better when you're doing it together. Nothing great is ever accomplished alone. So I'm really curious as an entrepreneur to hear your perspective on what you've learned as you've grown your team? What are the things that surprise you? What are the things that you know are key components of successfully running a team? Share some insights there for us. I'd be happy to. Um, you know, I'll go ahead and start with the story. What, what kind of put me on to this idea of teamwork is dream work is, is that when I was younger, um, along with tinkering with websites. I also started making short films with my friends. Um, we had this old clunky uh, video camera and we would just go around filming stuff and then I'd go and jump on my computer and go into, I think it was Adobe Premiere at the time, um, 
um and i would just edit these these crazy wacky little videos we would make um and we would make the and um and then i would i would put them onto a dvd and hand them out to my friends and we just had a blast doing it but one of the things that ended up happening is i had to convince the parents to allow their kids to come over for an entire day to film this these wacky videos that we would have and so i put together a slideshow um but what i learned from that is is that i couldn't have made those show those little skits or, or shows on my own um it required multiple people i couldn't act all of those different um, roles at the same time i couldn't um you know and i was definitely not good at acting that's for sure um and then you know i couldn't the costumes my some of my friends would help kind of put the costumes together and stuff like that and they'd give all these crazy ideas that i would have never thought of and so i kind of took that over into my business life when i when i kind of moved on from that and what i've noticed is is that like with websites i can design a website but i'm actually what's what some would call a non-technical ceo so i don't actually know how to code a website from scratch but my team does right um and so being able to pull in people that are really well-minded on the code and doing things that I can't do. And I can hand them these projects and be like, Hey, this is where we're going. This is the vision that we have. Um, and then being able to do the part of the, the job that I couldn't do uh, is really amazing because we were able to build bigger and better websites than if I was trying to do it all on my own. And so I really believe that if you can get a team behind you that has the same, the same vision as you, um, there's not very much that you couldn't tackle. Yeah, and this seems to be a theme. This is two Fridays in a row now, James. Last week's guest was Joey Shuey, who was incredible at talking to us about understanding ourselves so that we can build a team that complements where we want to go. And now we're hearing it from you as well. Don't hire exactly what you are. Hire people who think differently, who see differently, who bring new ideas to the table and talents and skills as well. So I love those insights. It's something I think we would all benefit from. So James, as we come towards the end of today, interview. I love asking. Every once in a while, I ask this super broad question, but you are an entrepreneur yourself. So I'm going to ask it to you. What is your best advice, particularly for all of those entrepreneurs or newer entrepreneurs out there? Hmm. I think my best advice is, is that it's not as complicated as you think it is to get started. Um, and sometimes the best thing to do is just start with a little. Um, if you're wanting to start with a service, Find a friend that needs that service and just ask them, hey, can can I do you a favor and do this service for you? And see if it's something that you like. Try it out. See if it works. You don't have to start a $50,000 business tomorrow. You can start with a simple $200 business. Um, and so I think that's kind of my, that would be the advice that I would give to someone is, is try and find a way to start a little and then grow it from there. Because sometimes like with me, like with the word business that I started, it wasn't something that I ended up wanting to become a big business because it was something that I like to do. And so some people might um, have different reasons for starting a business. Um, I wanted to keep the woodworking business as a hobby, but I wanted to grow the website business as my job because I, I still enjoyed it, but it was something that I could work with other people in. 
Amen to that. As someone who made a whopping $200 in my first six months as an entrepreneur, those $200 set me on right now a 15-year entrepreneurial journey. So I've lived it firsthand. James, I love that you shared that advice with my audience here today. I'd love to open the floor. Tell listeners where the heck they can learn more about you, your business. I know that you're active on a few different platforms. I was creeping on your Twitter, which just like me, I know you're not exactly very active there. So tell listeners where the heck they should check out more about you personally, as well as your business. Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned before, they can find us at stratusforge.tech. If you guys want to follow along with me personally, I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter at James Hodge. It's spelled a little funny. Um, It's very memorable. J-A-I-M-Z Hodge. yeah, and I'd be happy to kind of follow you. I know you said I'm not very active, but we're, that's hopefully going to change here within the next month. So I hope people are excited to start seeing some more stuff. Heck yeah, I love that, James. You have been such a wealth of knowledge. I knew it before we even hit record today that you're gonna have really interesting perspectives. So I encourage listeners, go check out James's work. It's gonna give you fresh ideas. His team has a really unique approach to bringing these ideas into reality in terms of business. So go to stratusforge.tech. And if you're on the go, don't worry, we're linking to not only James's James's LinkedIn and Twitter, but also his business website, wherever it is that you're tuning into this episode. So James, on behalf of the entire Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur community, thanks for joining us on today's episode. Thank you so much for having me today, Brian. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast with your host, Brian Lofermento. For show notes and to get a free copy of Brian's book, visit us online at thewantrepreneurshow.com.